0: Hello, welcome to Creating Portland. I'm your host, Pearson Coons, and on this podcast, I'll be interviewing progressive creators who are using their art to shape the culture of our city and beyond. I hope you enjoy this episode of Creating Portland. all righty hello everybody welcome back to another episode of creating portland we are here with a very exciting guest their name is each and they are they originally moved to portland in 2007 but they are from fresno california and they are a freelance creative artist who has um been featured in fine art galleries contemporary art galleries and public event works all over the West Coast since 1998. And I am so excited to talk to them about Portland specifically and their art. So let's get into it. Welcome to the
1: show, Icho. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm like super, super excited actually.
0: So, Good, I'm very excited to talk to you. Well, let's start with the big, the broad question that you can be as specific or as vague as you'd like, but how are you using your art to help create our city of Portland?
1: I like that question. I like that question. Um, my, when I first moved here to Portland, uh, one of the, besides, uh, one of the first mural jobs that we had was working um, with, uh, what was it called? It was the uh, Grill cheese grill, which was actually really nice. It was, it's near the by and by in North Alberta. Mm-hmm. And we were able to paint almost like a Sistine Chapel on, on the, the roof of the grill. Or on the roof yes, of this. Yeah, I've seen oh, it. Yeah, it was an old school bus. It's exchange. awesome. And so when you uh, kind of uh, prep me on the questions of what it's about with Portland is that whole time we worked on that mural, it's back and forth with the business owner. I got a chance to befriend the business owner. I got to know about, I, I knew about his um, his upbringing on his, his dreams of starting this restaurant. The same with a Tula restaurant when I drew about his travels from Spain to Portland and how he was a chef that saved money with his wife and they were both in the service industry and just getting to know them so well. And just now mm. with the recent mural uh, at Herb Stomp, now I'm, um, I get phone calls from the owner and we just talk and uh, just joke around at night, like on, on a Friday night, like, hey man, what are you doing? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And then these are the jobs I have now where it's, you get to befriend the community uh you get to know the community it's 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 uh it's a commission work that is uh way more personal personable mm. and that's what i like about placing these you know working alongside the business owners and getting that large business card out there which is a beautiful mural and right. also aiding and beautifying an urban environment by placing organic natural colors around and, showing this expressive part of yourself but it's you get to know the people on those streets um in such a personable way rather than um you know and, and not dogging rather than a phone call from a large corporation where you never really mm. even talk to the the owner or talk to anyone it's just a representative and it's a a lot, a lot of emails and you can feel cold talking to the computer every now and then so
0: <laughs> especially and, uh, right now when we're having this kind of reckoning around corporation versus small business. It's, I mean, we're recording this on Thanksgiving weekend and the whole nation and this city in particular is trying to find a way to refocus from these large corporations into small businesses.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, Portland is a really, Portland is a really good, um, what would I say example for how small businesses mm. uh, raised up. I worked, when I first moved here, I worked for New Seasons for about four years. And looking at how that company grew, I think at the time when I first started, there was only uh, less than 10 New Seasons stores. And now, just like any store, you see them everywhere around. And we used to talk to the actual founder of New Seasons and the owner, and he would go to every store and talk to his employees. Now, if you worked at Walmart, that's not happening. Or Mm -hmm. uh, Fred Meyer, (laughs) you're not going to get the CEO from Fred Meyer. Oh, let me sit down and just have a talk. Want some yogurt? You know, that's not going to be happening. So... To, to watch a city grow like this with it, just within the last uh, 12 years alone is just amazing. Um, and it moves into a little area of gentrification, which we could talk about. Mm-hmm. Being a black artist here in Portland, I have now 50, 50% of my phone calls or are because I'm a black artist rather than I'm an artist. And then another mm-hmm. 50% is because of what I'm able to do. Because of, you know, um, how... Uh, I wouldn't say politically motivated, but yeah, because of where our country is right now, mm. um, and that that, and not just with what we had with our last administration, but with the move of gentrification, which all my life that's been happening for the last like 20 years. You know, um, just the move of cities change, um, urban environments change, and the youth usually is uh, an influx of youth moving to the urban environments and changing them has been happening since I was 18. You know. Um, I haven't seen anything different from there, but I'm getting off subject. Anyways, watching <laughs> watching uh, Portland grow, um, it, it's a good it's a good example for many of the cities across our nation on how mm-hmm. we can be sustainable um, and how we can support our own communities and be our own stores and be our own create our own sodas and hot sauces and products and other things. Uh, and shoes yes. from shoes to you know all of these things that are actually right. developed right here in Portland, um, but I can say though, we are fortunate to be a port town, and what our what our um, what our location is able to also supply us, but we do have a lot of cobblers and makers here too though
0: Yes, and I definitely want to get back into your experience as a black artist and a black muralist. Maybe in our second segment, but before we get there, I'm just bigger. curious, we haven't had a lot of commissioned artists on the podcast, actually. So I'm, I would love to just sort of explore what, is, what does it look like when you're working with a small business? How much are they bringing their own ideas and needs and desires for a piece? And then how much are you bringing your own influence and your own style and how do those mesh together? with these small
1: businesses? That's a good question. And I think with that question, you, with almost any commissioned work, um, you have to trouble, you're troubleshooting. And that's what I love about commissioned work, because you're always on your toes. Um, I've been doing the Ram Dass thing for a while now. be here now. You know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. being in the present moment. It, It has kept me the calmest throughout this year. Not thinking about the troubles of my past, not worrying so much about the future. But really being in the present moment and looking at what I have to deal with now, you know, in the in the mm. next, my next two hours or my next three or four steps, <laughs> really being there. And in that way, I'm learning to appreciate so much more that's around me rather than constantly worrying about the bottom falling out. And that's kind of the beauty of working in that commission work. It's, uh, well, it's kind of scary where I'm thinking, am I going to be an artist that's going to afford a home or Land mm-hmm. or be able to take care of a large family—that is kind of frightening. When I start thinking about expenditures that are larger, but when it comes to the moment of just being within the moment, that tactile—I now I'm work, now I'm talking to a person from a restaurant. I'm I'm talking to a client just recently. Uh, we just landed. I just said an okay to a, a personal job at someone's uh, home. In the mm. at a shed in their backyard, you know, and I'm like, wow. And the and we're going to talk about that, and that's way different than a business. But they've been fans of the work for a while, and it's okay. Let's see what you do, and let's let's have it. And and it is that thing, like I said, it's a sit down and a talk and a per, in a personal conversation with almost every mm. every commissioned client, and you get to know them. It's um, I wouldn't want to say uh, there was a book called Stranger in a Strange Land where it was a person from Mars, and they called it quirking, where you it's almost a form of empathy where you just, you know, you have to like have a sponge with someone when you sit around, get a feeling of them, and then that is filtered through your own creative output. You know, all all the time it's taken me to like, you know, develop my line work in my hands and I'm taking in what I see from you and it's kind of flowing throughout me. And the the one thing I can have reverence and um, respect or be so thankful for is that you're coming to me to be able to depict what you're wanting or what you're seeing. I like to always see it as a form of a collaboration, though. Everything that we're doing, um, that we're realizing now with signs saying, you know, Black Lives Matter or thinking about people that are losing their homes and people all mm-hmm. together as communities because of, co- because of what we have from um, the lockdown and everything, people are all over the place learning that, wow, we need each other in order to be anything at all. You know, right. and we need to support each other. And, in that, every form of support is a collaboration. And in our consumerist um, capitalist mindset, it was kind of a serving, 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 which which mm. that has to be reevaluated. as in, no, you're getting served, but without the ones that are serving you, you would never have anything in the first place. Mm. And without also your patronage, they won't be able to get paid to do. It is uh, equal, like it's an equal balance of what we're doing. And it's kind of cool. It's humans move themselves away from nature to only have to come back to the natural processes of this like equality and like the way energy kind of gets transferred with um, how we work with money and how we work with uh, just our entropic time of existence of like, if I'm going to take this Mm. time to paint for you, I'm going to have to also enjoy myself a little and also have my own... Personal expression if I'm painting for Bob's toilet paper. I didn't work all my life to paint for Bob's toilet paper. <laughs> Although I like your check, Bob's toilet paper, I will have to ex- be myself just a little bit. One thing hmm. I forgot one thing I forgot to mention too, just this year I started teaching at PNCA at the design arts oh, nice. Fo- Yeah, Design Arts Foundation Studio. And that's another way of giving back to the community, I think, with art um, I don't think I know with artists, especially the more seasoned you get, it's good to pass on that knowledge other artists within uh the community so that's another way of giving back to Portland mm. that I'm really happy to be a, be over at PNCA and like seeing how they work and all the hard work they did and also I was on the uh, committee uh the mural committee for RAC for like four and a half years oh nice yeah we helped um we helped uh that was a board we helped decide where some of the money would go for RAC's assistance for some of the murals around town which is really cool
0: Way cool. Okay, well, you have your hand in lots of different pots over there. Love that you're so involved. Um, okay, well, let's let's get to the nitty-gritty then, which is, what are you loving about the Portland art scene? What's really working for you? And then, what are you seeing as sort of an area of improvement for
1: Portland art? Hmm. What I'm loving about the Portland Art scene is how, how I started already in the first place of the, the commission work of so many small businesses. I am also we're, have a mural that's going to be indoors for a misplaced screen printing in uh, the Southwest area that I've been working on, and we've been talking back and forth throughout this lockdown and it's been that process with Herb Stomp. Same with Herb Stomp. It was a particular mural where the mural was on a flat surface, but that had to get cut into all these tiny squares and be placed mm-hmm. in all the marquee that the building was. And that was a really difficult, it was almost like a lenticular mural. It's a very difficult mural to kind of do, but all of us were patient throughout the process of making this. And the same thing with these uh, next two jobs. It's not just I have a surface you're just painting on it sometimes mm. one I'm cutting out this cutout to make it into a, a a large shelf unit, and it will be like the second time I've ever done that, so I'm, it's going to be a lot of troubleshooting throughout it. But everyone involved is patient and talking to mm. like talking to those small business owners and getting and the fact that Portland is so open to that there's there's a lot of work actually for the illustrator and the artist of uh, the commissioned artist here because of all of the small businesses and other people that are moving themselves up and trying to build themselves up and need that artist to help amplify their voice and also need that graphic designer to help amplify their website or that. It's a great place for creatives.
0: Mm, So Um, they really respect the process and what it takes rather than trying to rush through it is what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can kind of see myself echoing the same thing of, because of a town that is, or a city that is more open to small businesses, it's mm. more open to almost all of those um, uh, mechanics of a community, of, of right. what, ma- what makes you, like I just said, with a, a, you're a small business, now you have to have a good website, now you're going to talk mm-hmm. to a graphic designer. Um, there are ways of talking to graphic designers that maybe that you don't know, but now you're gonna be looking and trying to communicate to maybe a local graphic designer. And you're gonna be looking around like how I was, how I get contacted at times of, I saw your murals around. Those small businesses are also looking around and seeing the murals around going, I like that aesthetic or I like that look. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna communicate to that artist. My good friends, Rather Severe, are also all over Portland with their um, beautiful murals. And I watched a good two years of watching how they grew. And it's because of the beauty of you know they do one mural and they're, they're working side by side with that small business and you can just see it it's kind of like a piggybacking of like hey that's beautiful can you do that beauty over here and it's like like a, like i said earlier it's like singing a song in color around the city and, mm-hmm. it, and it's beautiful to um see that and i think portland's open for that um i could say a lot about how much i love the city um <laughs> and I, so I, think, I think I think I could talk about it more in the summer about how much I love the city. Yeah, the this is
0: a harder time to love
1: Portland. For <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> yeah. But um, staying inside and reading good books and getting cozy, though, that's that's what the mm-hmm. city's about, and uh, and that allows me to you know have times of more neural storms in my head for different uh, imaginative right. exploits for the next spring and summer. I would have to say the racial sensitivity when it comes to murals, for me as a older artist, uh, black African-American artist in town, is exhausting. And I am mm. done. I am saying no to jobs all, so hand in hand where they, I get contacted and it's, you're black. We want to give you space. You're black. We want to give you space. Hey, you're black. Can you do something about being black? Cause black, 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 black. And I'm like, bro, I already know I'm black. I live my (laughs) whole time being black. If you want to see anything, just just hire me for being an artist. Um, It's Mm. just going to come out of a person who happens to have, you know, photons are bouncing off. All the other colors are absorbed and what you're seeing is brown. We've already learned this in science. That's happening, and you'll see what comes out of me naturally from, yes, me being black, but do I have to paint a civil rights leader, or do I have to say that I'm black all the time? Well, I don't know. For some reason, it seems like there's some other aspect of society that has to constantly remind my, me that I'm black and remind the world that black people exist. Oh, it is very confusing. Um, so we're at a time where it's like everything's like spiraling in itself, and it's... Um, I don't understand. I mean, I've always seen the field of humanity being sprinkled with all sorts of flowers and geraniums and roses and Mm. this and that, and I'm making a relation to all the many different races. I don't know why I have to keep painting or depicting and expressing that or constantly needing space for that. Um, I can understand, but there's a time when the disparity and our past has to be the past. One of the things I've seen, and I would have to have an opinion on this recent... Um, campaign was there was a time of there was a there was a resurgence of the racism that was in America and one of the resurgence of the racism of America was keeping the blacks in the role of being the disparaged race and not forgetting that mm. four years we had a president that had one, some of the best bipartisanship I did not agree with the drones or the upping of a lot of things that president did but the way the president addressed us as a nation only half of a zygote of what we see as the African-American caused the world to go in an uproar. And a lot of this about the Lives Matter and all of this is a campaign to create the role of the disparaged Black, when Blacks have already gotten there so many freaking times to the point where one with half the race ran the freaking world for four years. Don't forget it. So to keep ourselves in some idea of suffering and suffering and suffering and suffering is just a waste of time. If anything, nobody's mm. privileged, and we're all just in a really crazy, beautiful pot with a really crazy history—a history that is psychopathic—and so to be born within something like that and try to have a sanity with a past of like crazy mm. is just is just a very hard thing. And, uh, there's a bipolarism, you know, com- c- com- uh, like collectively in our culture and. We're addressing that, but to sing, like I said, to sing the same song, there's gotta be a moment where you just gotta sing a different song. So never forget, mm-hmm. never forget what we saw. That's what a lot of that campaign was actually echoed to keep the narrative, where the narrative was broken a long time ago. Just like when I saw the, I'm, I'm 40, dude. When I saw the black pan, I woke up this morning, if I may say, with goosebumps. Thinking about the acting prowess of Whoopi Goldberg and Oprah in *Color Purple*. Do you remember that movie? Do you remember *The Color Purple*?
0: This is truly embarrassing, but I have only seen the musical, and that is the theater
1: kid in me. Oh (laughs) no, 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 no! Okay, if you want to talk theater, I love theater. I will, I will watch the musical. I still haven't seen *Hamilton*. Still haven't seen *Hamilton*, mind you. But I I, I love, I love theater. I, I haven't theater. seen
0: the color purple so yeah. just as embarrassing but if you
1: watch if you watch the color purple and if you also understand best man tay diggs and other things mm-hmm. there were their campaigns of inclusivity where it's like oh finally blacks have their voice or blacks do this and blacks do that and it's like dude there was a time where there were fully run black produced films throughout my whole life mm. that were huge blacks had such a voice that were, we were everywhere and it's like if you look at the color purple you know what is it not tony Morrison. You have to forgive me, uh, the writer. It's not Toni Morrison, is it? No? Anyways, uh, I would have to Google right now, but if you look at The Color Purple and you see that cast and, like, the amount... Oh, my goodness. Like, everyone remembers Oprah from just hosting a show. But if you see that actress in that, in that movie, I just remember her, this woman, dealing with so much racism, just trying to keep her children. And these people were taking mm. her children away. And she, she could knock a person out. And she knocked out a white man. And that woman was in jail for the rest of her life. And that movie was so painful to watch this, these right. scenes, and it was gripping. But then you think about that was your generation. So you look at these actors, and you see them in a whole other light. Oh, Oprah, yes, yeah, she hosted a show. It's like no. That person worked hard. That person's a hard-working actor. We already went there. We did that. But okay, you're going to show me Black Panther, and you say, there's a movie for blacks. Okay, that's something. But Blade, Wesley Snipes, produced all the Blade movies himself and was a hero already. But no, you're going to tell me that. You're going to tell me that. And say, so, oh, you're going to mm. tell me my life matters. And you're going to hire me for another mural because I'm black. Okay, great. You know, that was the thing. I was just like, I'm so done with that throughout my whole interesting. life, interesting, you know, and this had, is
0: a perspective. We're not hearing a ton of, which is so fascinating. And I, I love hearing this. Oh, the uh, mural I take from you.
1: Yeah. Well, the mural I did on Alberta, there's a scene where the Vanport flood. And this is as honest mm. as I can be. And it was beautiful because uh, I had, it, we worked for months and that mural is one of the ones where it's like, Hey, there's a natural food store, natural grocery store going into a neighborhood that was predominantly black. Oh, I think, uh, I think Russell Street North was the black neighborhood. No blacks could be south of Russell Street during the time of segregation. Mm-hmm. Segregation is less <laughs> less than 100 a, a years ago, y'all, to think we lived in such a crazy time. Um, and right. also we live in a time where we saw homosexual marriage, what, gay marriage actually legalized? We live in a mm-hmm. time where we had to wake up like that. We're still waking up. You know, there's like, right. oh, wait, maybe we shouldn't put people in jail for mushrooms. Ah. There's, like, so many <laughs> things we're constantly waking up to as a society. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know. It's like this old thing. Um, anyways, but um, the Vanport flood was uh, happened in uh, the black neighborhoods. Uh, not necessarily And when you say black neighborhoods, that's a focus on. We have our Chinese immigrants. We have our Korean immigrants. We have our, anyone who wasn't uh Saxon, I would have to say, you know? Everybody was across the board, like across the tracks at that time. Vanport flood and also ex-cons and whatnot. A lot of people lived in this Mm. Vanport village and it's an area between, you know, like around the Columbia, uh, around Kelly Point, uh, between Washington, it was beautiful. There were all these docks, large docks with homes that went out there. They're all underwater now. There was a huge flood and they all had jazz clubs around it. Mm. And so all the kids, all the teenagers from this area, they were allowed to go through the black neighborhoods at that time. That's where kids would party. And so there's this whole Vanport place that was just beautiful, and there would be jazz. You can imagine that, jazz around the river at night, drinking your mm. hooch and stuff like that, partying with all kinds of colors and just getting in trouble all night, driving down the <laughs> docks of Portland between Portland and Washington. Must've been a beautiful time, but there was a flood that happened. And uh, it was a tragedy. And that flood actually had Portland wake up because a large amount of uh, the, um, the community of color had to start moving more into Portland and uh, mm. changed the story of the neighborhoods. In that, I depicted, at the Natural Grocer mural, I depicted that in a, in a book. And a woman's reading a book to her child, showing what the flood is, the cars and the street signs all covered in water pouring out of the edge of the book and pouring out into the edge of the mural. And an older gentleman was angry about that. Everything about, the mural was, uh, everything about the mural was colorful. And he said, I don't see how you can just depict something so painful and so tragic in a book and have this smiling mother showing her child that. And he was saying that. And we talked about it for a minute. And that's when I stood up and I finally said in front of you know, a huge group of people. And I was like, I'm sick of hearing my story. I got, I came out of the womb and they were like, hi, welcome to America. People used to own you. Most of your family is in jail. You'll be pulled over by police by the time between 15 and 18 more than you can count. You're always afraid. Every depiction of you is a villain. And yeah, welcome to America. My old story is tragedy. My old story, Mm -hmm. like we, I lived through Rodney King. You want to talk about George Floyd? There's a time where I'm desensitized to the amount of black men that get killed by police. I'm like, yeah, that's life, dude. You know what I mean? We correct it, but my goodness. So I told him, I'm like, I'm getting hired to depict a mural. Sorry about the train; it's loud out there. I'm getting <laughs> hired. I'm getting hired to depict a mural. I'm gonna spend all my time. I spend all my time with all my peace, learning how to draw and move around color. All this stuff that makes me feel good, beyond human mm. and beautiful and part of the universe. And you want me to depict pain, dude? You want me to deliver that to the other generations? We need to stop this echo for as I stand as a black man in the world wanting to do this, there will be other black men that stand after me that'll want to do even more positive things. So I myself mm-hmm. sit as an example of I, we've overcome that to a point where we are so much higher than that to where we can put it as pixels in our art now and spin over our pain. I don't want to see my depictions of me and shackles Oh, remember us. Let's sing a song. No, bro. Those shackles are broken on the ground. They're sediment stock. You know what I mean? So it's mm. like that is history. And history is tragic and beautiful. And it only prepares us and gets our show ready for the, the next poop to come. I'll say poop because I don't know how this, this uh, speech is. You know? I've been very good. <laughs> yeah, you have. I mean, go off if you need to. Well, no, I've been very good with uh, the, the, the no colorful words, you know. Right. I like that. We, like, we want color in people, but we can't have color in our words.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a contradiction there.
1: <laughs> yeah, but no, no, I thought about that, man. It's just like we got yeah. in the whole thing, and it's like you can't, I'm sick of, the, I'm sick of tragedy being my story. And I've, and I've said that for jobs. I've finally, like, I had during the whole, um, I had like a really big artist. Um, he was going to give me a come up. He was like, hey, can I post your work? Can I tell people about your work um, to give you space and whatnot? And it was because of giving black artists space. I was like, no. Mm-hmm. I was like, no. Nah. Um, I, I remember uh, there was this Vietnam vet, and he said, um, "It was my grandfather always told me." He was like, and it's it's harsh words, so I'm not going to use that one. He was like, but all my life, I was um, the N word, you know in society. I was the n-word here, I was the n-word there, I became a soldier, I was the n-word to my sergeant, I was the n-word to everybody. I went to Vietnam, I got my legs blown off, I come back, now I'm a guy in a wheelchair, you know? Now I'm a guy who has to worry about all these other kinds of things and people don't even see that I'm black. They now see that I'm in a wheelchair and they gotta to, oh, how are we going to deal with this handicapped person? And so another person said, like, one way to solve racism or really see somebody is to close your eyes. and i like that one because it's like you're governing a whole way of being or seeing when you're you're focused on race all from two pinholes in your head that are so entropic so if you govern something by that like it could fall away with just you know the uh, some freak accident and then all race and all color and everything just goes away in one thing so then what have you so it goes about the moral and treatment of character is the one thing that can be like the immortal rock that you can like stand upon, where it's like how you treat each other. Because even a blind person can know kindness, even a person that's deaf can know kindness, and all of that. And this other othering thing is just, it's um, childish, I must say. But you could say that that's how playing with color and paint would be too.
0: Ah! <laughs> Ooh, it all circles back, it all circles back, wow.
1: Oh, I'm just well, running my mouth here. This is fascinating. I'm running my mouth. I apologize.
0: No, this is, this is very interesting. And yeah, <laughs> definitely some new unique takes that I have not heard in this time. So thank you for sharing with us and being so vulnerable and yeah. Telling well, us your truth. It's certainly influencing how I'm going to see your pieces now and how I'm going to interpret other black artists in the city oh, my pieces and what they're are, creating.
1: Yeah. My pieces are mostly focused on science. Um, That's, you know, it's how we got here and it's, it's, it's mysterious. Uh, I was raised Christian and kind of grew out of that mentality as I got older, but I always have that, you know, I I think religion for, I I would not want to speak for others, but for me, religion was that questioning of just the origin of whatever all of this is. This is the most (laughs) enigmatic experience I've had. This is the biggest trip, just waking up in the day. What is going on? (laughs) This is weird, right? And um, asking that question, science is really great because there are certain key points in science where you see that there is something eerie about all of this and I, I love it and I hate it and I just wanna show as much reverence to that before I pass on and uh, creating things are way beyond us. You know, There's a lot of, probably I, I wouldn't wanna speak for all, everyone, but a lot of, for me as an artist, I was inspired by a lot of things that, from people that were dead long since mm. gone you know but because of the time that they put creating on this planet that echoed out and you know inspired me as a youth and i I, yeah. I think that's really beautiful yeah
0: well yeah you're definitely inspiring me now i feel like i have to run out and create something in this moment this is incredible well thank you so much for being here Icho. this has oh. been a lovely conversation oh my god time i ran has my phone right by <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah i was waiting for the, the question You're all good. I mean, you covered them and more.
1: Okay. I'll miss you guys. Um,
0: Yeah. And where can we find you um,
1: on the internet? Where can we follow you and see your work? Um, You can find me on the internet at echo.com, E-A-T-C-H-O.com, and um, echo on Instagram, E-A-T slash C-H-O. Because of COVID and the lockdown and our friends, my friends that are musicians that have not had areas to play music where we were hosting. You know, sp- that's what I've been doing in the future is hosting small shows where we have nice. musicians here. We uh, do live streams and then we have links for audiences to support them. So I'll be placing kind of a sister area to the website with that and kind of beefing it out more on the WordPress, and then we will be recording again, but not with audiences, musicians throughout right. this year in the winter, and trying to create more of a uh, art for that and also possibly recording little art lessons for kids and that's so oh, that's nice. mostly the the next projects i'm thinking about on top of teaching at PNCA and also just getting oh, real nice. cozy i haven't had any yeah. pumpkin pumpkin anything yet i haven't had <laughs> either i have to get on that i know right that's so.
0: delicious okay well that sounds so good thank you so much and we'll link all that into the description below and uh yeah i hope to chat with you more soon
1: oh my goodness i ran my mouth i know oh my goodness
0: (laughs) you're great great. yeah all right
1: we'll We'll have to have you back on all right very much yeah it was a pleasure being here
0: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Creating Portland with me, Pearson Coons. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CreatingPDX or on our website, creatingpdx.com. This podcast was brought to you by Wolf and Thunder Productions and Golden Pride Productions. See you next time. Bye!